step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All right, gals and pals, in my quest to get you ready for the NFL season, I have brought on all of the super fans from Next Fan Up, and up today is Kansas City Chiefs super fan Nick. Nick, welcome to the Sports Gal Pal. Have to be on. All righty, let's get started. You have one of my most favorite coaches, um, Andy Reid, as your fearless leader. Um, you have some amazing players. Jamal Charles is a favorite of mine. But I'm going to say it, and you may not agree with me. I still don't trust your quarterback. I don't think you should trust your quarterback. I don't think he's the quarterback that can get you guys past maybe the Broncos or even the Chargers, shall I dare say, and that. Younger quarterback over in Oakland's looking awfully good. So what's up with Alex Smith? I mean, the thing is, I mean, I think this is something that I, I – I mean, the way you said the question is fine. However, the way the national commentators tend to describe the Chiefs, there's, there seems to be a certain shorthand. And I know a lot of national commentators, they don't watch every game, and it's sort of they, they look at the box scores, and they know that, yes, the, the one stat that every Kansas City Chiefs fan or – casual watcher or anyone on the planet who knows something about NFL knows that the Kansas City Chiefs had no uh, touchdown receptions by a wide receiver last year. And that has been taken as shorthand for Alex Smith can't score, the Chiefs can't score, they're not going anywhere. Um, and so that that's really a simplification that, that uh, really irritates me. The fact is that the Chiefs, they definitely – um, did not have a great wide receiver core last year. They also, though, had um, a really, really patchwork offensive line that, that lost a lot of people due to suspensions and and and, uh, and free agency losses. And so, and on the flip side of that, they had great red zone tight ends and, uh, and running backs. You, you mentioned one of the great greatest red zone weapons of all time, Jamal Charles, who's been you know really the engine of our offense for years now. Um, and so, you know, and, you know, the other person you mentioned uh, are both of our favorite coaches, uh, Andy Reid. He, that, that's his thing, is he finds ways of, of putting the best players in positions to do the best for your team. Um, and last year, the, the wide receivers weren't cutting it. He, he got the, the ball in the hands of our, our tight ends and, and running backs. And the thing is with Alex Smith, I mean, yeah, he didn't attempt that many passes far down, down field over the last couple of years. Um, and again, I mean, part of the factor, you know, some of the factors, in, you know, in, in all of that are the things I mentioned before is the fact that we didn't have a, we had one of the worst offensive lines in the league, um, particularly at the guard spots. And our, our wide receiving core was, was full of uh, guys that, that either didn't have real great breakaway speed and or uh, were, had unreliable hands. And so when you end up in that situation where your line is not blocking really well for you, you, so you don't have time to, to, for, for a long downfield passes to develop, chance of success on each one of those tries and each one of those plays is going to be much higher. And I think, you know, Alex Smith, totally absent all those factors, he's also a guy who, yeah, he has a more conservative play style. But you look at his stats over the last two years with the Chiefs, 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, um, a completion percentage in the 60s, which given, you know, I think it's about 65%. 
So, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he has this, he has definitely this reputation of being the quote unquote game manager. And it's, it's this sort of, um, this thing that's sort of hung over his head ever since uh, his time in San Francisco. The other thing is that, you know, what, what annoys me about the, the framing of that and, and in terms of the way you look at, oh, well, Alex Smith is always going to hold the Chiefs back. It, it's that, that whole, it, it's like built upon this assumption that there's only one formula for a winning team, that for a winning team to, if you, to be a winning team, to be a real Super Bowl contender, you have to have a top five or top ten, but really top five quarterback. Um, you have to have a bunch of offensive weapons, and the other factors are secondary, if not tertiary, if not irrelevant. You know, and, and so these are the reasons why I get irritated when people bring this up. It's like, you know, okay, there's only one place to play this sport. There's only five teams that really have a chance of succeeding at it. And so, therefore, you're one of the teams that is not one of those five. Therefore, you have no chance. And that's just such an oversimplification that it's, like, insulting to the majority of the league. I don't think that necessarily it's a one-way approach. I just know that if you were to put Tom Brady in that offense right now, Tom Brady would find a receiver or somebody open to score a touchdown. I mean, that's a long time for that statistic. The other thing is, is that, again, I just, you know, we saw it in San Francisco. We saw it, and Andy, it was funny. I, you, we were talking off air, and we were mentioning the fact that I was on this past Sunday on your guys' podcast with um, Mark Sicko, who is the Eagles super fan. So, you know, Sicko made a really good point that Andy Reid has a habit of getting quarterbacks that are good, but maybe not spectacular, and that he hasn't found this kind of one thing. We thought McNabb, because once McNabb left the Andy Reid system and went to the Redskins, he wasn't very good. Well, he was kind of old, too. But I just, I just don't see – is he a fine quarterback? Sure. But he, you guys could use a better quarterback. You have, I mean, I remember, and also you didn't mention Jamal Charles because he was on my fantasy team last year. Was injured like half the year, so you were without basically, you know, your number one offensive weapon. That's that's a problem. So I do think that with the addition of Jeremy Macklin, it does add some depth and some other options for Alex. But again, until Alex gets comfortable and starts throwing that ball more and actually connecting with Macklin, connecting with some other wide receivers, putting in a tight end that can kind of move and weave. I, just, I don't see it. I'm, but again, that's me. And maybe it's I'm bringing my bias in because I dealt with Andy Reid so many years where we had so many amazing players that, again, you know, I could list the players off that I loved that were spectacular. And yet we only, I mean, yeah, we got to the playoffs every year. And yeah, we got to a lot of divisional championships. And yeah, we got a lot of, you know, um, conference championships. But And we got to a Super Bowl, but we never got it done. And I just don't want kansas city fans to get to that same point where you have all this greatness because your division right now i believe is truly open i do not trust peyton manning that he is going to make it a full season this year i just don't see it happening if i'm wrong i'm wrong i'm sure the broncos guy is going to flip out when i say that but i just don't see it it's still a mess over there in oakland um again not sure what the chargers are doing so you guys very well could lead this division but once you get past that, I just don't know if you guys can have a deeper run in the playoffs with your. Players. I mean, I, I agree with I mean a lot of what you're saying, but again, I don't think I, I think it's it's simplistic to, to leave it all on the quarterback's shoulders. I mean, I, I'm it's always why I also like talking to Eagles fans because also even my my love fest with Andy Reid extends back to those years. Andy Reid, the Chiefs, and I'm curious again if you think that the the Eagles were always the same way, but the Chiefs have been fairly streaky. Um, and some of that's been due to injuries and other, you know, kind of 
I guess, out, off of the, the, the actual off of the field factors that were not, you know, not, not like as the, the clock was clicking down sort of thing, although he's also one of the worst game managers in the, in the league game probably too, um, despite the fact that he's brilliant in all other aspects. But um, but the thing is, is that, you know, so the, the Chiefs have gone on streaks where they show they can beat anybody. I mean, last year they beat uh, both teams over in the Super Bowl, uh, including the, the Patriots, which they, which they beat down by, you know, I mean, it, it, they, they took, uh, Tom Brady out of the game early in the third quarter in that game because it was just such a lost cause and there's no point of him risking injury. Um, so the Chiefs have shown that they can uh, beat people. They can beat the, the real contenders. They can beat the, the top of, uh, of of the league. Um, the issue has been um, that yeah they, they've had, they have they have great streaks. They'll you know big undefeated streaks and then they'll lose a few games every year that they really should have uh, won. And, you know, every Chiefs fan can give you a litany of reasons why that happened. Um, the fact is, though, that still shows inconsistency. It still shows that this is still a grow, you know, a team that hasn't come into its own and really hit its stride as one of those perennial good teams. Um, I still think, though, I mean, like, everything shows that this team is pointing up. I mean, uh, and Jamal Charles, I mean, basically, it would be as good if he was, like, a full-time wide receiver as he is as a full-time running back. And the fact is that, you know, Andy Reid used him about half and half um, in those two roles. And, you know, so, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the touchdowns are being, being scooped up by Jamal Charles in, in, in a wide receiver role. So oftentimes out in, in uh, you know, split out in the wide receiver spot. Uh, Kelsey is also split out in the wide receiver spot. It's not like the, it's not like, you know, Alex Smith can't hit a guy at a wide receiver route. It's the fact that they were so deficient at the position that there was no point in, in, in doing that play with one of our, you know, with our, with our number two receiver in that route. You know, you, you, or even Dwayne Bowe became very inconsistent. You're better off putting Charles there or Kelsey there. And and, the, and there were such there were these bizarre events where it was just clear that fate was conspiring for that statistic to stay. Um, and so, you know, to me, that is just it's a stat that's a pure fluke. I mean, if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs' actual ability to score, you know, the Chiefs were, you know, right up there with, with the teams where you sort of expect based on where they ended the season last year. They were 9-7. and seven. Um, They were ninth in red zone uh, touchdown percentage. They were ninth in points differential. Um, and so for, you know, the Chiefs have the offensive firepower, especially with, with Jamal Charles here. They were just getting it done, or not Jamal Charles, I mean, Jeremy Macklin being, being the new guy there who's going to make a huge difference considering the fact that he's actually a good route runner. He actually does have the speed to get deep and has far surer hands than anyone that he's had on the roster for years now. Um, the fact that there's actually now a, a reliable outlet at that position makes a huge, huge difference for the Chiefs. Let's talk about the other side of the ball for a minute. Um, you guys do have an excellent defense. Andy Reid is known for good defenses. So, um, you know, are you looking forward to that? Because, again – you know, you were in a conference where let's let's remove the Raiders for a minute, and they're 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 young over there. But you you do have a cerebral assassin in Peyton Manning. Um, he may not have the arm strength he used to, but the the guy is like a football like ninja. Where you know he's like Rain Man. He sees coverages or whatever, and he adjusts. And he Omaha's a zillion times. Of course, that may change completely with um, his new coach. But you know, how does your defense? really protect and get you guys back onto the field so that Alex has a chance to score points. 
I mean, I think they're. I mean, they're in better shape than they were last year. I mean, I mean, hopefully they stay healthy as we go into the season. But what a lot of people forget, I mean, a lot of uh, the, the chatter about the Chiefs' defense going into the season has been the fact that Don Terry Poe, our nose tackle, our Pro Bowl nose tackle, uh, is injured. He had a back surgery, but they're expecting him back. You know, I think by week three at the latest, and he might even be, you know, in there in the starting lineup at least in a rotation in week one. We'll see. But what a lot of people forget is that in week one of last year, uh, both uh, our inside linebacker, Derek Johnson, who's future, you know, ring of honor in, in Kansas City at least, if not, you know, a future Hall of Famer, he uh, was out for the season in week one with a torn Achilles, uh, as was our starting defensive end, Mike DeVito, who's a great run stuffer and apparently he's gotten better at, at pass rushing. But anyways, he's back in the lineup too. Um, and for the Chiefs, what I think what few people realize, you know, people sort of assume, again, it's one of those sort of assumptions that because the offensive output, you know, by certain statistical categories was not, you know, was not great, um, that, you know, oh, the Chiefs are always going to lose in the shootout. I mean, even though their defense is going to lose in the shootout. Actually, the pass defense pretty much held up all of last year. I mean, I think we're, we're definitely the top five uh, pass defense in the, uh, in the regular season. But what broke down was actually our uh, run defense because Derek Johnson wasn't there in the middle. And we were starting a couple of guys that really had been journeyman basically in the middle of the uh, uh, of the linebacking core there. Yeah, and Don Terry Poe can suck up a lot of blocks, but he can't do everything. And so if, if it's your safety that are making the the plays on the inside run every time, that's a bad. That's that's not it's not good news, you know. And so you know, for the Chiefs, it, it's been. I, I think Peyton Manning, he himself is not has not been like the biggest threat to the the Chiefs, although. You know, I, if I also remember correctly, the Chiefs haven't beaten him uh, since he went to uh, to, the, uh, to Denver. Uh, in the three years that Denver have had Peyton Manning on the roster and have had this uh, this great run, uh, the Chiefs are 0 and 6 against against Denver. A lot of close games in there, but we haven't gotten them yet. I think this is the year that we will, though. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, aside from the fact that you know, I mentioned that we have. Derek Johnson and Mike DeVito coming back on defense. We also added Marcus Peters, who, of all the cornerbacks drafted high uh, this year, I mean, among the rookies, he seems to be the most ready. Uh, he's been making plays in both training camp and in preseason games. Um, so I think our, our secondary is going to improve in that aspect. And also Eric Berry is coming back from his battle with cancer, which honestly I think if it wasn't for, you know, this mysterious case of deflated balls, he would probably be the biggest, one of the biggest at least. Uh, off-season storylines for the entire league. The fact that he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in the middle of the season last year, uh, you know, left the team to go under, undergo treatment. Uh, he's been going through chemotherapy for most of the last year, uh, was cleared as cancer-free last, uh, well, in, in July, um, and is now back on the field, already playing. Um, that is truly amazing. And it's one of those really amazing human stories that's come out of the league in the last year. But anyways, I mean, what's interesting about him, um, and he is, I mean, you know, all up until his diagnosis, he was an absolute game changer, um, would make plays both in coverage and up in the box. Um, but all throughout preseason, he's been second team. And I think a lot of that's just, you know, it's for two reasons. One, you know, he's uh, still recovering, obviously. Uh, I, I really hope he, he reclaims his spot soon. But also, the Chiefs found out um, in a weird way that their mix of journeyman um, uh, at the safety position last year really been coached up well. 
and, and the Chiefs are surprisingly strong at that position. Um, and so, you know, I, I think going into the, the season this year, the Chiefs are improved at basically every level. Um, we're going to miss Don Terry Poe at uh, our first few games of the season. But, I mean, Chiefs were basically a top five defense last year. I think they're going to be, you know, even better this year. And, you know, and, and again, I, I think with the way that you've seen, you know, Peyton Manning late last year and seeing the way he was throwing passes in the preseason this year, you know, his, and his, you know, admission to Peter King that he hasn't felt his fingertips in a few years. I mean, I think that's starting to show along with, you know, just the overall age is starting to catch up to him. And he was really sailing some passes. I mean, all throughout last year, you had a lot of really weird, wobbly passes out of him. Um, but with the open receiver, the smart read, and all that sort of stuff, I mean, he, he, the, you know, if he declines even a little bit more, that offense doesn't look nearly as good. Um, and the Chargers are always inconsistent. They're, they're always, in my opinion, overrated. Uh, and they never get it done. They always choke the second half of the season. The Raiders are up and coming, but, you know, it, 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 it's very much a work in progress. I think there's never been a, a season where the road was more open to the Kansas City Chiefs to claim the division. Um, and either way, I think, you know, you have to look at it as basically being a wide-open race. Um, let's talk about outside of the division for a minute. You, unfortunately, though, you have to play the um, AFC North, and I argue with people, and I don't get too many dis- disagreements, that it is the toughest division in football. You also have the NFC North, which, you know, right now, a few of those teams are seeming down because they're facing with injuries or they're having their own quarterback drama. Um, but you do have, you know, some significance in the Lions. They're going to be a good test for you guys. Packers are always a good test as long as Rodgers is in the pocket. But that AFC North, I just think all of those teams play so competitively. They are very, very good. Um, do any of those make you nervous or any of those you're kind of like really wanting to see? Oh yeah, that's an extremely tough schedule. And on, and another thing you have to point out always is that the, the Lions game, which is, you know, marked down as a home game for us is actually in London. Um, because our owner Clark Hunt is, uh, is on the, you know, whatever it's called the, the NFL expansion committee. So, I mean, on top of the fact that we have a very tough schedule, we actually only have seven, uh, home games this year, uh, in reality. So, um, and, and yeah, I mean, I actually, I mean, I, I think the AFC North is extremely tough. I actually would say that I think maybe the NFC North is even tougher, um, given that the Lions look really good. Um, Green Bay is sort of my Super Bowl pick. Um, the, I, I think, you know, the Bears are rebuilding, but the Vikings, I think, are, have been sneakily becoming one of these up-and-coming teams, too, that I think is I mean, granted, they're kind of a popular dark horse pick every year, but I think Bridgewater looks, looks consistent. Adrian Peterson is going to be playing for them, you know, probably every game this, this year. They're going to be a really strong team. So there's there's not a lot of easy automatic wins you can see on this uh, on the schedule. And even early on, uh, the Chiefs are start the season at the Texans, then uh, home to the Broncos. I think it's Thursday night football, yeah. And then at the Packers, then at the Bengals. Uh, that's a real murderer's row in the beginning of the season, particularly when the Chiefs have had a lot of uh, a lot of movement on the offensive line. It's, it's still very much unsettled. I mean, even in, in the last preseason game, there were two presumed starters out. Um, and so, you know, having a shaky offensive line against the Texans and the Broncos, um, and then any trip to Lambeau against the Packers is going to be tough. I mean, the, the Chiefs are, 
are, are really going to be tested this year, absolutely. Um, I, I think the team itself looks at their schedule um, and sees as being doable. I mean, you know, overall, I, I think it's um, it, it's up for the Chiefs to prove it and, and to show that they can they can actually take the reins of the division. Well, there you have it. Um, Nick, if Galpal Nation wants to talk more Chiefs with you, where should they go? Uh, talk more Chiefs with me. Well, they should go to uh, the next stand-up podcast. I, I haven't been as a regular of a contributor to some of the uh, some of the guys like you mentioned, Mark Sitko, who's been dominating the discussion as the the uh, resident Philadelphia Eagles blowhard. But I'll be forcing more hey now. There, uh, very soon. Hey now, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite super fan. Wait a minute. No, no, no bashing the sicko on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to cause so much drama now. <laughs> Everybody on Slack, when they hear this, is going to be like, oh, my gosh, Ramona in this. Sicko is her favorite. Of course he's my favorite. He's my super fan. Duh. BC You're pretty good, dub, though. Dub. This is another thing that me and Sicko got into on, uh, uh, you know, off the air recently was that, you know, again, on this whole Alex Smith discussion, you know, in the, I will take some criticism from, from uh, you know, some of the top perennial playoff teams that say, oh, yeah, no, we got the guy, you don't got the guy, or whatever. But getting it from Philadelphia Eagles fans, to me, is a bit strange. Because, okay, you really want to stack up Sam Bradford's stats and his record against Alex Smith's? Really? Not really, no. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> After this after this season, maybe. He looked really good in that one preseason game. So, of course, Sicko and I are having, like, a geek fest going, he was perfect, he was perfect. And then that hungover left, and I'm like, oh, no, wait a minute. It's still Sam Bradford. I'm very nervous. I'm a cautiously optimistic thing. But it's funny. I was um, interviewing Patrick, the um, New England superfan, and he and I both have the same problem where we whine about our very successful teams. And I'm like, I, I whine <laughs> about the field of the Eagles. And I'm like, we were 10-6 and six last year. I'm not allowed to whine about them anymore. They're actually really good. I cannot complain about Tebow anymore. You know, get over it. This is the team you got. You got a really good coach. Look, things are going to get interesting. That's what I got to say. It's going to be interesting. But, yes, no. But, yeah, you you can pick on on Mark. He'll he'll be okay. I mean, you know, he's a big guy. He can handle it. But, yes, he he can. He's not a blowhard. He's an intelligent man who understands the nuances of the game. Um, he might be a little more sunshine and rainbows than I am, um, but, you know, about the Eagles. But he's very excited about Chip Kelly, as I think all of the NFL should be. Because Chip Kelly will change the game. Or um, he will make some college very happy in a couple of years. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. <laughs> See, is going to be mad at me for saying that. But it's true. It could be true. I'm so wishy-washy. I'm such a girl. Anyway... <laughs> We're, we're now shifting topics, but um, no, I mean, what I will say, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I do hope that, that Chip Gilly makes it work. And so, I mean, I think Sam Bradford, he's, you know, it, it's a shame that his uh, his career has been derailed by, by health, you know, most often. And, and Chip Kelly, I, I, I do agree with you that, like, I kind of hope that he succeeds just because he is a guy who's changing the game. And I, and I want people to make bold moves, and I want this game to be, you know, shaken up. Um but yeah, I get up when I see it blowing up in his face too, based on how just how nuts this off season has been. I mean, it's it's either gonna be amazing or not. When they announced the trade for Kiko for um, Shady McCoy, I cried. I I literally it was in my office. I had to close the door. I had a little pity party, and I was like, it was it was a what the f moment um, in my life, and I was just like. 
Oh my God. And then when the whole Tebow thing happened, I was like, what in the universe? Why? 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 I, I, you know, so there, there are those of the faithful like Mark who are, you know, have excellent faith and who really truly believe in this and, and I feed off of them, but I am a bit more of like an Eeyore type of fan where I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and wait a little bit. Um, as long as we beat the Cowboys, I'm good. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's honestly the, the truth thing, just because Brian was so extra special when he came onto my podcast. But there is going to be a best of episode on um, September 10th for opening day. Um, Podvader is coming on to discuss my experiment, um, previewing all, all 32 teams. And, you know, and we're going to share some hijinks. There will be some fun stories and some fun outtakes that have not been revealed yet. So don't make sure to miss that. And again, you can check out Nick and all the super fans on blogtalkradio.com forward slash next fan up, or you can connect with them on Twitter at NFU podcast. Um, they are a great group of guys. Again, it's a great podcast because I love the fact that they really do talk about things from a fan's perspective, but they take their research very seriously. They take their passion very seriously. Um, you know, again, they is an excellent group of guys. It's just like a guys you would hang out with at a sports bar. So, Nick, thank you so much for coming on. And since you're not playing my Eagles likely this year, unless we wind up in the Super Bowl together, which how fun would that be? Um, good luck oh, yeah. this season. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And good luck to you as well, except for the Super Bowl. You're going down, Chip. No. No. Be nice. No. I deserve one, damn it. I want one. You can beat anyone in the Super Bowl except for the Chiefs, and I will applaud. Well, then you can't be in the Super Bowl this year. That's the only way that works. <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.